and welcome to Match Made in Madness, where every episode is a mad but healthy discussion about the anime community. I'm Mayu Chino, and I'm a freelance interpreter and translator. I pretty much game and watch anime for work and live my days off reading manga. Hey, and my name is Kane Rai, otherwise known as Rai for short. I'm a cosplayer and professional makeup artist, as well as your resident Bishunin appreciator. Every episode at Match Made in Madness will be dissecting the nitty-gritty on topics such as anime and manga, voice actors and the pop culture convention scene, with possibly the occasional guest. So come join us on this crazy journey to develop a greater understanding of this amazing community. Small disclaimer that anything mentioned in this podcast are all unofficial opinions based on our personal experiences and thoughts. Due to this, we will be primarily discussing the Australian scene, but but as always, please feel free to let us know about your experiences as well, regardless of where you're from. So, Rai, um, yes, it's been a while since we recorded last. It uh, has. Anything <laughs> current for you? Um, well, actually, just this 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 past week, this past week, Madman, bless their souls, announced that uh, part one of Camelot FG is finally coming to Australia. I'm very excited. Yay! Sorry. Oh, Gosh, my God. We've been waiting for so long to get it here. Like, I feel like... A couple of episodes ago, actually, I know I remember you talked about it, that you went and yes. saw it, but it mm-hmm. is finally hitting the waters in Down Under, and um, I'm really, really keen. I'm so keen. Camelot is my favourite, favourite arc in FGO, and I'm yeah, super keen Yeah, I remember you saying that. I, you're going to love it. I just can't wait for your reactions. When you watch it, you have to let me know so we can talk about yes. it, because I have so much things to fangirl about. Yes. <laughs> A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So yeah, that's happening yeah. and I'm super excited. I think it's coming out uh, on the 8th of April. So coming oh, out- Oh, like this Thursday. Yeah, this Thursday. This Thursday in cinemas. Ooh. So I will definitely be getting my tickets for then. hundred percent. Yeah. So what about exciting. for you, Mai? Any Anything um, happening for you lately? Yeah. April Fool's just happened. And as always, FGO does something on April Fool's. Oh gosh. And yes. so- I've been crazy on my mobile phone all through Thursday, which was 1st of um, April, just playing the April Fool's FGO app that they did. Like, this year was insane. The amount of quality checks that they probably did in making this game run was absolutely insane. You know what? I wish they would do that for the actual game, (laughs) (laughs) Not gonna lie, that's actually a mood. Like... There's, they'd had a summoning section for the April Fool's game. It was called, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it was like FFO, essentially. Oh, yeah, the FFO. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But they had like your normal summoning scene, like you would summon in normal FGO. It was just so pretty. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And I really wish they did that upgrade in the original FGO game because the rainbows and the golds are like even prettier and really nice. And it just gets your... You're really excited. Yeah, they're probably, like, way overdue for an update, to be honest. It's been, like, almost six years since the game came out. It's been a long time. Like, I mean, I didn't actually get to play this year's April Fool's, because usually I do. But, oh. yeah, yeah, because I was actually at work, so I couldn't. I was working for the whole day, oh. unfortunately. So didn't have time to even um, yeah. look at it. 
<laughs> oh, well, I hope you get to catch some, like, videos or, like, screenshots oh, because I've, it's crazy. I've definitely seen all of the screenshots and videos and posts on Twitter. Like, everybody was so excited. I feel like every year for April Fool's, like, that's kind of when the FGO fandom revives itself and, like, all my Twitter feed yeah. is filled with <laughs> FGO again, like... <laughs> I totally feel you. Yeah, that's definitely true. Everyone suddenly starts playing and talking about FGO again, even if they were playing it low-key in the background, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other, th- other than that, I've been looking, pretty much watching anime non-stop. I think I'm lucky, because I'm in Japan, I have full access to all the animes. Mm. Um, and so I know the new anime season has just is slowly rolling out. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the list yet of what you want to watch um, this season? I mean, this season, I feel like, I mean, to be honest, like for me, I've been off anime for a little while. Mm. Like lately, I feel like I've been reading a lot more manga than actually watching like simulcasts. Fair. Um, but for this season coming up, Slime is at the top of my list. I know it's already like ah. aired. Um, I was about to air. It's about to air, I think, Slime. Mm-hmm, I'm very, very mm-hmm, keen for mm-hmm. slime because I've been waiting forever. Um, and I definitely need to catch up on Moriarty as well. Moriarty, ah, okay. the, the Patriot. I need to catch up on that. Um, and one of them also caught my eye, which is Mars Red, which looks quite interesting. But I feel like every and uh, Shadow's House, that's, that's also really caught my eye because it's Cloverworks. Oh, ooh, okay, that's going to be quite pretty. All right. Yeah, I'll look yes. into those as well. Like, I've literally spent all of last year just hyping up for Shaman King, the remake. So... Oh, yes, I know you have been. Yeah. <laughs> I've been tweeting all about it, haven't you I? You and me both. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, so I know there's a lot of other things I'll watch as well, but that for me, that's probably – I actually watched the first episode yesterday. Ah. Um, <laughs> That's the only thing I've really been looking forward to. But yeah, interesting season, I think. Lots of second seasons and remakes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that this time. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. All right. So, 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 we're tuning in to episode number seven of uh, Match Made in Madness. And that is Voice Actor in the Spotlight. And this time... I'm so excited. This time, our um, talent of choice is Furukawa Makoto. So this is a regular segment in our podcast where we uh, select a voice actor or anime series to discuss and appreciate. So in the spotlight today is, like I said, one of my absolute favorite voice actors and someone (laughs) that both my and I both uh, think is super awesome underappreciated in the industry and that is Furukawa Makoto. So Furukawa-san is a Japanese voice actor affiliated with the agency Toys Factory and is also contracted under Lantis as a singer. He's equally active in both fields having made his solo debut in 2018 with the song Miserable Masquerade and I actually bought that single it's very very good. Of course you do. <laughs> Some of his most notable roles include a Saitama from One Punch Man, Banri Tara in Golden Time, Suwa Hiroto from Orange, and Shirogane Miyuki in Kaguya-sama Love is War. Just another small disclaimer that if we discuss a particular series, we will focus on how we experienced it as fans rather than focusing on the story. 
But that also means, spoiler warnings, we will definitely and can definitely get carried away. So apologies in advance. So my... I'm very excited to talk about this topic. I know you know that I'm excited. I know you are. <laughs> this is, uh, for those of you listening, for us, this is um, also known as the calling out Rye um, episode where we get to <laughs> send little little notes to Rye about how much um, we know she loves Hudakawa-san <laughs> and give her an opportunity to just talk about whatever oh, she wants. So we do, as always, we do have notes on what we're going to talk about today, but don't be surprised if Rye ends up talking the whole entire episode. It's, it's, it's a very extensive list. Like, we're looking at the notes right now, and, like, we were comparing this to the um, Seki-san episode that we did. Yeah, episode two. And it's it's a lot. If you guys haven't gone to check it out, please go check it out. We are available on Spotify at Match Made in Madness. So if you haven't already listened to that episode, that was also a lot of fun. It was like very much calling out both my and myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Of all the roles that we loved so much. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I suppose we'll start with, uh, we just talked about like animes that's coming up this season, but we mm. just want to spend a moment because Furukawa-san is totally underrated, isn't he, right? Oh, my um, God. Don't even get right? me started. <laughs> yeah, we just wanted to make sure that you all know who we are talking about by noting some of the anime that he's going to be in this upcoming season. And we were listing this out. It's actually quite a lot. He's in, like, practically yeah. everything, it yeah, feels. Yeah, he is. Because <laughs> he's what? There's the third season of Slime. Uh-huh. Um, and then you've got Moriarty, second mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Mars Red is a new anime Mars this Red season, is a is new it? one coming up okay. this season, yep. Okay, and then there's the final episode of Fruit Basket. So not episode, season of Fruit Basket that he's yep. in. And then uh, there's a couple of new animes, which is... I'm going to read these because they're going to they're gonna be pretty long. Uh, the first mm-hmm. one is Shakunetsu Kabaddi. I think that's how you pronounce it in Katakana. Yeah. We researched, I remember us like researching this one just before we, we did the recording for this, my and like it's, yeah, I think it's a, it's a mix like martial arts slash sports slash like tag contact yeah. sport kind of sport. <laughs> Take a shot every yeah. time I said sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently it's like some national sport of India. So that's a really mm. interesting place to focus an anime on. So kind of looking forward to how they're going to do that. It looks yeah, exciting looking at the videos of um, Kabaddi the sport. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's also, um, I suppose it's a lewd one. Kurogyaru ni natta kara shinyu to shitemita. Yes. Uh, it's, it's the BL that's not the BL. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what we were talking about it before. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I'm not going to comment on that one much. <laughs> Look, do, I'm not going to comment, but I only noted it because um, I, I I saw that Mako, that's also a nickname we have for Furukawa-san. I will try not to use it too much, but um, I did see that Furukawa-san was in that series. And like, because mm-hmm. I, I, I follow his Twitter and like pretty of religiously. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much anytime, yeah. So anytime he has a new series that he's in or that he's um, a part of, he's definitely, like, always promoting on his Twitter and he talks about it a lot. So, 
yeah, that's where I found out. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's also because he's doing an odd mix of animes as well all the time. Like, not even animes, mm. like, even with his drama CDs and music. He's got a very big talent. I mean, we shouldn't talk about it too much here, but... <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. we'll definitely get into that a little bit more later. Yeah. Um, the other one that he's in, um, getting back to the topic, is an anime called Odd Taxi, which is a new kind of anime I think they're trialling. Um, I'm actually curious to see how it's going to turn out, but it's kind of like a slice of life, as I've understood, about mm. a taxi driver and the customers that he drives around. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it'll be a nice, like, sort of slower-paced, kind of chill, relaxed anime amongst all of the shonen series and kind of, like, action ones that are happening this season. Well, let's hope it's chill. I'm not oh, quite yeah, sure. Oh, well, yeah, let's hope, yeah. <laughs> but it, it sounds very interesting. Like, it's definitely a new concept we haven't really seen yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, so those are the animes that he's in. If you're interested in any of those or want to look them up, please do. Um, again, Furukawa-san is a very talented voice actor that both um, Rai and I are very, um, admire a lot of his talents of, and he's totally underrated. Like, yes, he needs yes. some more love. Yeah, So, so underrated. Like, speaking of underrated, what was actually the first uh, role that you heard him in, Mai? See, that's the thing. Underrated is a good point, because I yeah. actually couldn't figure it out until we were making the notes and actually looked at his Wikipedia and looked at all of the um, series that he's been in in a chronological order until I realized what my oldest role that I know Furukawa-san in. So mm. mine was Log Horizon, which I think you said yours was the same? Yeah, mine was the same. Yeah. But I think it's two different roles because he had a couple yeah. of supporting roles from memory in, in Log Horizon. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't have been one of those characters that you would have, like... Because you know how you have your main characters and you've got your supporting characters, which is, like, the main character's best mm. friend? And then you have, like, your mob characters? Like, he was a supporting role as a mob character, mm. but, like, still there. Yeah. Yeah. To the point that I couldn't actually remember them. I had to Google them to see what they look like first. Same. Yeah. Um, likewise, likewise. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure Log Horizon was the first role I heard him in though um but when was it that you started noticing him or kind of like discovered him I suppose um for me it would have been because I know what you're going to talk about yeah I'm actually maybe, maybe you talk about first my <laughs> no 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 you talk yours first you talk yours first go 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 <laughs> well for me it would have been um like Furukawa he's quite prominent in the um, drama CD scene and the drama CD yeah. community. He's actually one of the top, like, most sought after voice actors in that particular scene. And that's, like, spanning everything from, like, narration to situation CDs to uh, BL CDs and also R18 CDs. So he's, like, huge in that scene. And it was, it was probably around 2015, I want to say, that he started, like, in that particular field yeah and he has just absolutely exploded in that scene because he's so so talented um that's where I would have first discovered him so I was already like a fan of him yeah um yeah been yeah. a fan of him for a while definitely yeah you definitely discovered him a lot earlier than I did because I knew his name but 
couldn't really put like name to roles that he did until mm. he actually really came to Madman when we that first year in 2016. Yeah. Um, in Melbourne. So um I think when I was doing research for Madman, I knew he was in One Punch Man, but I didn't know him in anything else. And then getting to talk to him and interpret for him was really when I started taking a huge notice of his talents, his passions, his personality, and got more interested in him um, in 2016. So you definitely discovered him first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think up until that point, honestly, like, his next like biggest role aside from Saitama would have been from Golden Time, like as Bunny. Mm. That was his only other like really, really notable role. Um I think up until that stage that wasn't involved in like the drama CD community. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I totally agree. Like Golden Time had a drama CD too, didn't it? So I think so, yeah, yeah. from memory. So he probably did the same role, I think. Um, yeah, like, I think out of the things I watched, um, he wasn't really in major roles that much. No, me. like, he started his voice acting career pretty early on. I can't remember when. I think it was, like, around 2011, 2010, that kind of mm. period that he actually began his voice acting career. But, mm-hmm. like, obviously when you start, you know, same with most other talents, like, you only get, and especially depending on the agency that you're signed up with, you only really get a certain sort of, like, um, handful of roles. And usually yeah. they are supporting roles until you sort of start building that name for yourself. But yes. I agree. Like, he was he was definitely very much under the radar until probably about, like, and. 18, 19, I want to say. Totally agree with you. Like, he does have major roles before then as well, but the name Furukawa Makoto really popped up much mm. more recently than how than how long he's been in the industry. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, having said that, though, like, have you got any favourite characters or should we skip this question to the very end so you can talk about it for as long as you like? <laughs> Um, look, I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet and try is the key word here, guys. Like I will try. I'm going to cut um, in and but... tell you guys with favorite <laughs> character roles. I don't have a single dot point on here. It's just Rai. So I'm just going to let Rai talk. <laughs> oh my God. Um, All yours. Look, look, in terms of favorite character roles, there are definitely a couple of really, really standout ones for me personally that, um... I feel like for um, Furukawa, like really just cemented his his place in my mind as someone who's very talented and completely like mm. just like you know it cemented his place as one of my favorites basically like and this is saying a lot for me as someone who definitely appreciates and prefers more of the older gen voice actors like yeah. Um, you know, like Suabe and like Okiayu and like that kind of generation of voice actors that, you know, obviously I grew up with. Um, and considerably like, and also comparatively to them, 
Furukawa is definitely a lot more new gen. So favorite character yes. roles, like he he definitely gets um cast type into sort of more and like we'll go on to talk about this as well, but like more those energetic and kind of shonen like very mm. like passionate and fire like those yeah. kind of um character types often but like he is fabulous in more serious roles and some of the roles i really love was uh he was in an anime called uh shokoku no alter mm. and i that one was also one that slipped under the radar for a lot of people but a really really great series if you guys want to go check it out uh his character is zagonos and he's like he's not a villain so to speak he's more like a anti yeah fair 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 yeah yeah it's like that character type but very serious like um kind of stoic like very cool demeanor yeah like i really like him in those character roles um 100 achilles from fate (laughs) apocrypha and fate grand order um you guys you guys, mine knows this, but like when the gacha uh-huh. was released for Achilles in FGO, I'd been screaming on Twitter for like a whole ass year about it prior to him being yeah. released. <laughs> and I was just, yeah, like my Twitter was active every single day like, <laughs> in this period. Yeah. There's something just so noble that he brings to the role and I really, really appreciate that. You know, like there's just that air around him, especially in a, in a franchise like Fate when you are surrounded by like yes. a million other like very talented, very well-known and famous voice actors. Like you can definitely see he he made his mark in, in that cast as well. Um, obviously Hatsuharu goes without mentioning is mm-hmm. also one of my other favorite roles for him. It's my actually talked about this and it is a lot to live up to, yes. you know, big shoes to fill if there's a character that's already been voiced and is very beloved. Um, and I think he definitely, you know, was a perfect choice. I was screaming when, when the cast was announced. I kind of feel that was the case with Achilles as well, in a sense. When you're being thrown into a bunch of people, like, into a cast with a bunch of people, with either a character or a whole bunch of voice actors who's obviously been in the industry for much longer than you, it takes a lot of effort to and, like, courage to go in there and just get it right. Yeah. To, like, get the character as perfect as you probably could and, like, just have all of the older fans as well as the newer fans go, yes, that's the voice we were looking for. So I think he did a really good job with Achilles and Hatsaru. I think they're really notable for his career. Yeah, definitely. And like like you said, Mai, it's it's a lot of pressure, like not just from the people in the industry and your cast itself, mm. but also from the fans. Like because at the end of the day, like, you know, it's, it's, it's really all about the fans. Like uh-huh. it's, it's, it's a huge sense of pressure. Like knowing that fate is such a beloved franchise and there's so many old fans for it. They're very protective of it as, as with most fandoms are. So I think um, it was very well, well received. His character was very mm-hmm. well received. Yeah. Um, a couple of other favorite 
roles of Furukawa's that I've seen is in most recent times, his role as Sylvain <laughs> Gautier in mm. um, Fire Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember seeing him promote this way before I had a Nintendo Switch and way before I got the game um, as, as they were kindly gifted by my uh, Sid fam. Is this the game that got you into getting a Switch? This is the game that I talked about one time and turned into the Sid fam getting me a Switch and yep. the game. <laughs> I, I cannot. Like, I always think about... This is slightly off topic, by the way, guys. Yeah, but like, sorry. I cannot mention a fate thing without tying it to the Sid fam because they mean so much to me. It's insane. But that's how I ended up getting the, the, the game and the Switch and... Um, I, I just couldn't put it down until I had finished his, like, character route first. I, I made sure to do it first. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember like... that. <laughs> like a timestamp um, breakdown of how Rai's going <laughs> with Fire yeah, Emblem. Yeah, it was... Yeah, I was, like, live tweeting it on my Twitter when I was playing it. Yep. It was... It was... <laughs> it was a lot. And then the last two um, characters... I have a from drama CDs. So these are R18 drama CDs. A um, couple of my, f- well, actually one of them is my favorite series because it's a like mafia storyline, which I really love, like mafia stories. Okay. Um, one of them is Alan Clive from Rouge et Noir. And the other one is Hiragi Kine slash Abel because he plays two characters mm-hmm. from uh, the Baroque series. So if you guys have time, definitely do some Googling and check those out. I won't give too much info away, but like very, very good, very, very good talent <laughs> for being a villain. I'm telling you, like Furukawa in villain roles is where it's at, guys. Like you gotta, you gotta like listen to these roles. They are the best. Like do it. Rise trying but... to drag more people into this <laughs> dark realm of drama CDs. Like Quote Rai, more people need to like drama CDs. <laughs> Look, drama CDs is uh, drama CDs are very good because yeah, they are. I find a lot of talent start there, and and it's very much like I've seen it happen because I'm so involved in that community, and then you see the talent and the voice actors slowly filter into mainstream, and yeah. you could not be more proud of them. Like it's insane. Like, especially with, like, your major printing companies for manga, if there's a drama CD for a series that you like uh, and you want to support the series and see it go into anime, go purchase that drama CD because that drama CD sales is kind of the first preliminary step into the market that a publisher is looking at to see if an anime, uh, if a an an- series should become an anime or not. So don't hold back on drama mm. CDs. Like... They're an actual market, but they're usually the first step into should this be an anime or not? Does this have enough popularity? And if there is, well, they might not make the drama CD itself into an anime, but they might make something similar to it or like a similar role to it. So it's an indicator to a lot of people on what fans are looking for in an anime or in a series or even a character. So I actually think it's a pretty good market. And I think Rai is probably one of the biggest... um, what should I say, um, the the biggest fans out there putting money into this industry. 
You never know, right? Don't call me out like that, Mike! <laughs> you never know, right? If you keep buying Muckle CDs like this, um, they might actually make it into an anime, you know? Look, I, I'd be so keen if they made it into an anime. Like, there are some great stories <laughs> to be told in these drama CDs. And, uh, yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming with most of these characters, well, especially with the drama CD characters, you mentioned that they're more of a serious type character. Like, yeah, I think Mako recently is getting very cast-typed into the more gag characters or a character that has a bit more of a quirk to them that's yes. humorous. Yeah. 100%. 100%. That's, I feel like since he took off from One Punch Man, that's sort of the role that he's... Yeah. See, I partly think it's because he likes those kind of roles and I, I guess I can't blame him because I feel like that's very true to his personality. But... I just can't help but, like, I just, you know, like, when you see a lot of what they can do in one character role, you're just like, okay, but, like, give me more. Like, I want to see something different. Because, mm. like, when you see that character and then you hear the voice, I don't know, for me at least, it's like, if I see the character, usually I'll have some kind of, um, precon- like, you know, preconception of, who the voice yeah. might be, and then when I hear the voice and it's exactly what I thought it would sound like, I'm always a bit like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not disappointed, but not um, wowed either. <laughs> that, yeah, I feel you, I feel you, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, like, having said that, though, like, I think the gag style stereotyping kind of works when he's got a character, like, um, we mentioned Hatsada earlier in Fruit Basket. Cause That's true. He can do the serious and the gag, and he can make it and the gag really yeah. good. Like that gap moe is real. The gap moe is real. Like, I feel like Maya and I we've been talking about this a lot more these days. But the gap moe is is such a great like character trope, I guess, because it really gives you such a great idea on how talented some of these voice actors can be, mm-hmm. like with their acting and also voicing, like. Like you said, Mako for Hatsuharu, like, is... He had big shoes to fill, and I think he did an absolutely fantastic job in portraying both, like, you know, white and black yeah. Haru. <laughs> I think he does a really great job with most of his characters if they have a gap moe. He does them really well. They're enjoyable. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and then I think you also said that he gets a lot of energetic characters like i think dr stone is the first thing that comes to mind daiju is very much in the face kind of character same (laughs) yeah you know the energetic um he's also a bit obnoxious um in your face uh full of yells and shouts and screaming yeah he gets a lot of characters like that too (laughs) yeah he does and i guess that like also stems from much of his career in kids like anime yeah you know, like like specifically anime that is directed towards kids because he's usually like you know the pro tag you know the the loud obnoxious like very energetic like yeah let's go passion like kind yep. of pro tag um so i think that definitely stems more so from there 100 percent. yeah i yeah, mean yeah. it's very endearing but also at the same time it's like it can be a bit much. 
That's true. That's true. I guess in a sense Achilles was a really great balance because Achilles is your like your hero type character, but then he all because of the type of storyline of fate apocrypha has, he has his serious moments and it's that huge gap. Like Achilles was so good. <laughs> he was so good. Gosh, yeah. like it's definitely one of those turning points in Furukawa-san's like career yeah. I must say because having that I guess vulnerability about the character to be able to be serious and more like somber in a way um yeah really really shone a light on his talents as as a voice actor Achilles in particular was very complex as a character too because of his history, right? So mm-hmm. you had Chiron on the other team as well and his relationship with Chiron as well as uh, he kept calling... I just oh. lost her name. We are Fate fans. We should know this. Let me quickly Google this. <laughs> I know, right? Um, ah, my memory. Um, Archer. Ah. Um, <laughs> ah. Listen to us, right? Oh my, oh my God. God. Uh, let me let me do a quick Google. Atalante, Atalanta, Atalanta. Yes, yeah, Atalanta, yes, yeah. Like his relationship with her is a little bit complex as well, and all of those. I think he actually was able to show those subtle emotions or that complexity of their relationship in his acting. I thought he did a very good job. Very good job. God, total spoilers, but the scene where she basically goes insane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there trying to like calm her back down and be like, come back to your senses. Like, that got me so emotional. Like, I was yeah. a ruin after that episode. <laughs> I like, feel just, you. Oh, such great acting on, you know, Michael's part. Like, mm-hmm like you said, for both those characters, like Atalanta and also um, Chiron, like, and how he's, you know, sad at having to basically go up against his teacher, but, Mm -hmm. like, you know, knowing that he has to in the end as well is just, like, so much to deal with. It was a lot. Like, Apocrypha, Fate Apocrypha was an emotional, like, roller coaster. And yes. I highly recommend you watch it, guys. <laughs> I totally Netflix. agree. It's a different kind of emotional roller coaster to Stay Night or Zero. Apocrypha is definitely a standalone, its own thing. So, yeah. uh, I enjoyed it for the feels. Uh, I don't recommend you watching it two days before you interpret for Fate and Co- Apocrypha. You will just bore your eyes out on stage. It's, it's, um, it's yeah, it's one of those. But it's really it good. was one of those series that really just pulled at your heartstrings, yes. like and like the whole series it's not even like two episodes that it pulls your heartstrings it's like every single episode something is happening or something is relating to something else in that like in another episode and it Mm -hmm. just like such compelling like storytelling honestly I I totally agree I totally agree so we talked quickly about Achilles being one of the turning points in Furukawa-san's career and obviously One Punch Man is as well because especially in the shonen scene that was where he really stood out but have Mm. you got any other roles that you particularly liked him in 
Okay, so my particular pick is probably a series that everybody watched at one point, but then totally forgot about because it's slightly older now. It has been a while since it aired, but it Mm. was, again, one of those more somber tone, like kind of very serious topic series that was not very prevalent in back in the days um or back in that season of anime either but yeah. it's a it's an anime called orange and uh, yeah, it yeah, basically yeah. dealt with um it's it's you know like really just quickly like a trigger warning because it is a heavy topic but it deals with a lot of mental health and kind of depression and how that can affect and influence a person's like decisions and also those around them and uh, Furukawa-san played a titular character in Sua and oh, just he because probably because I'm biased but I was rooting for him and then you find <laughs> out the ending isn't him and I was so heartbroken for him it was just spoiler warning guys spoiler <laughs> 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 a lot like the whole series I think it was like a 12 episode anime but it it goes Mm. through a lot and it really does take you through the emotions highly recommend you watch it it's such a fantastic series um but like you know you're rooting for him you are rooting for him the entire anime he's that character he's that male protag he is that character and you are rooting for him and then come to the finale and he doesn't get his happy ending and it just destroys you like it crushes <laughs> your insides <laughs> oh my god right i'm kind of regretting this doing this as a podcast this should be live like okay so <laughs> listeners out there i'm watching rye on cam as she is making this passionate statement about sua and i could see her moving her fists and That's calling swing. out things and <laughs> And, you know, things that should have happened with such a political passion. <laughs> this should be on live, not... Oh, not my gosh. It is... Camera. I highly recommend watching it, guys. Like, you'll know what I mean when you watch it. And I think he actually won an award for that particular role ah. that year. I can't remember what it was for. Like, I do follow him on Twitter, but it's just like, it's a bit hard when you can't read Japanese. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, But he actually won an award for that. And it was, I think it was one of the first times aside from One Punch Man. So this was like after his One Punch Man debut. But it was like one of those first times where the global audience like really saw what he could do as a talent. Because the series did take the world by storm very quickly. Yeah, I remember like everybody was talking about it. Yeah, I think the f- interesting thing about Furukawa-san's career is all of the turning points that he had, like, they focus on a different audience. So he has a different set of and different types of fans because of the audience he actually attracted. So you've obviously got mm. One Punch Man, which is your typical shonen. So it's it hit that hit global by the storm just because of how simple it was to understand and how ridiculous Saitama is as a character. Yeah. And then you have Orange, where it's a very emotional, very touching, but very controversial topic, as well as a much 
needed topic to be talked about mm-hmm. where he comes along and portrays Sua. Um, and then for me, I, I had a friend who really liked his character in Tolkien Dumbu and mm. his like deep voice really gets through. And considering how much Tolkien Dumbu was this giant um, fangirl fest in Japan <laughs> as well as a yeah. lot of the Asian countries, um, Tolkien Dumbu is definitely one turning point in Unagawa-san's career, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Because that turned into anime as well, didn't it? Two seasons, I think? Two seasons. I didn't watch much of the anime, but I don't think he actually appeared in a lot of it because the anime doesn't focus on his character. Yeah, that's fair. But, like, I also remember how obsessed, like, the fandom was with his character and his voice. Mm -hmm. And... Because it really was, again, one of the first times that he's kind of used that more um, huskier tone of his voice that he doesn't, he, okay, let me tell you guys this really quickly. Like, let me just slide on in here. He does not use that tone often in mainstream media unless it's in drama CDs. Like, I've only really heard him use that kind of tone in drama CDs. So, like, I was pleasantly surprised because that's, that's, that's what that's that's what I've known him for, like you know, mm. for as long as I've been a fan of his. Whereas it's very different from other people looking in because their first, um, you know, interaction and I guess acknowledgement of Furukawa-san would have probably been like Saitama, you know. Yeah. So a lot of people were shocked. I remember reading the forums or reading like Twitter, and people were saying, "Wait, this is the same person who voices Saitama? What the heck?" Like, and I'm like, "Yeah, like you guys didn't know that." <laughs> Yeah, I think it's also if you know his um, normal voice as well, his tone and pitch is closer to Saitama than it is um, his deeper, mm. serious tone. So I think that also was a bit of a shock yeah. as well. Like, he's got a nice, deep, husky voice. Like, I dig that. He do. Yeah. He do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess um, more recently, mm. the fans that have started noticing him was his really great role that he did in kaguya summer like right i were talking about this earlier this is where his serious mode and his gag character sort of like is the two major gap moye moments in the series like he did in that the series shirogane was so well done i loved it i loved it i didn't know the series originally until i saw it on i think it was they have it on Anime Labs, right? I think that's where I saw it first. Yeah. They have it on Anime They have it on Anime Lab, and they were actually promoting yeah. it on Anime Lab. Um, I remember I actually started watching the series. It when when the series first came out, it kind of fell under the radar for a mm. little bit before people started really picking it up, and um, I started watching obviously because I'd seen him tweet about it on his uh. Twitter, and I was like, okay, like. Usually for my favorite voice actors, like if they are promoting something that they've been in, I will try to give it a watch. Like I'll generally give it a shot mm. before deciding whether I want to continue or not. Um, because I'm one of those dedicated fans. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I was genuinely surprised because I was like not really knowing what to expect going into the series, but I was very genuinely surprised about how much I enjoyed it. Like it was such a fun series to watch. Yeah, it's um, it did go under the radar, I felt, because it's, if you've only just watched the first episode, you either love it or you don't think nothing of it. It's one or the other. Mm. But when you watch the whole season as a bulk, it's more enjoyable. 
Yeah. I think it's just that pacing. The other thing is, yeah, it's probably the pacing. And the other thing is, like, no shade at all, but the character designs aren't exactly anything substantial that we've seen. Like, it's not things. Not exotic. it's, It's things that we've already seen before. It's not new to us. Yeah, it's not new that to new us. Probably like it's, yet. The, the, yeah, the 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 character designs aren't really anything new yeah. to us. It's very like stock standard, like you know, male protag, female protag. They kind of get together. Like it's very stock standard. So I didn't really expect much of it. Um, but yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose like yeah, it is a gakuen school story, so it's hard mm. to be different but then again the school yeah. uniform design was kind of rather plain too so i see where you're getting from yeah 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 so it was a little bit like that but like i agree with you saying that it's where his more serious tone was utilized with what we've really known him to be nowadays with the gag characters <laughs> yes 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 i think in that sense he really showed his talents. I think a lot of people nowadays, like even if you're not an anime fan, really took notice of him because of Kaguya Summer. I think even in Japan, that's where he's slowly mm. becoming more mainstream. Yeah. Having said that though, right? Hmm. Characters you didn't like. That's that's just hands down Saitama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from. Saitama, you either either love him or hate him, if you know what God! I mean. I hate him so much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the Saitama fans, but Saitama is just not it. He's not it. I just... Out of curiosity. Gosh. Like, just... Is mm. it the character you don't like, or is it Mako acting Saitama that you don't like? I think it's both. Okay. It's both. Okay. It's both got to do with it. I don't like the character. Okay. And... Just for the reason that he's just so stupidly an anime protagonist. <laughs> like, it's he's so stupidly an anime protagonist where it's not even ironic anymore. It was just dumb at that point. Which I guess is the yeah. series. So, I mean, like, I don't really like those kinds of series for my personal taste. Um, you know, everyone, you know, each to their own. Mm-hmm. But it's also just... The fact that I know how talented this man is, I was like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Why this role of all things? I I can definitely see that Saitama is a love it or hate a character. Like, I'm a fan of the series, mainly because Mm. I like the artist for One Punch Man. So Mm. for those of you who don't know, One Punch Man originally started as an online series by the story writer. Um, And then uh, Shonen Jump picked up an artist that they'd already contracted. So he's an artist for, if you know the series, iShield 21. Um, They picked him up, tagged them, paired them up together, and then they started doing One Punch Man, which is more known in the Jump series. Um, So I was pretty much only following One Punch Man because I like the original artist. Like, Mm. his art is beautiful, and I like his gag style. So I picked it up from there, and then One Punch Man just gets more and more ridiculous. Uh Uh (laughs) And you either take it or you leave it. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think that's a series I'll leave. <laughs> so Rai will leave it, I'll take it. Like, I'll keep going. But <laughs> Well, what about you then, Mai? Like, is, is there any particular characters or roles that you didn't enjoy as much for um, Furukawa-san? Okay, um, so this is a personal thing and it's got nothing to do with Furukawa-san. I think he's talented, but... I really don't like him as Nataku for the remake of a jump series called Hoshiengi because I really think that the animation in general was a really poor job and I really wished they'd done a better job regardless. I don't think they even did the sound. I don't think they even casted the characters correctly. Like, it's a remake. So like we said earlier with mm. Fruit Basket, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of talent to put off a character that has been loved for so long or who's been animated previously and voiced by someone else previously and to come step into that role and do it. And for older fans, obviously you either love it or hate it. In my case, it wasn't that I didn't like Furukawa's and the Snataku. Again, he's talented. I am just against the series in general. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there because as I said to Rai before, if you gave me time, I can write a 10,000 word essay on what was wrong with that anime. Oh my god. And that's because I'm a fan. Actually, like, no. It's because uh-huh. I'm a fan. It was... Yes. Don't remake a series if you're going to one, completely lose your new audience who doesn't know the storyline, or two piss off your original fans. Like, get either one of them right. Don't do them both. End of story. Yes. No more. We will move on. <laughs> we will move on now. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my I have gosh. ranted about this so much to other people. Um, I don't I don't need to put this in the podcast, I think. <laughs> if you're curious, maybe it's ask fine. me like it's on fine. another live stream or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feel free, guys, to at us on yeah. Twitter at MMI Madness if you would like to poke my <laughs> about this issue. <laughs> I'm sure she'll come responding to your Hey, comments. likewise, if you want to tease Rai or call her out for anything from Nukawa-san, she's there on Twitter too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Yes, we, we both have our own um, <laughs> trigger points, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 100%. All right, so we've talked about the things we've liked and hated about Furukawa. So maybe we should talk about him as a person, like as an actual professional human yeah. being. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because what, I know he's in Toys Factory at the moment, but I know he was freelance mm. for quite some time. How long was he freelance for? I think he was freelance for honestly about a year, 2017 yep. to 18. He was freelance. Okay. 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 Yeah. About 2017 to 18. Oh no. He became freelance in 2018. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he was freelance for a little while. And I remember like while he was freelance, he was definitely picking up because around that time, he was definitely picking up a lot more notable roles. That's true. He picked up uh, Achilles in that time. And I remember um, because he actually did a radio show with um, Okuborumi, who voices 
Yeah, so they did a radio show called Apocrypha Radio nice. during the airing of Fate Apocrypha because um, Numi Okubasan she voices uh, Astolfo, who that's is right, that's right, yeah. the writer of uh, Black, mm. you know. And um, obviously, Furukawa voices Achilles, who's writer of Red. So they did a show together. And I remember them actually discussing on the show, because both of them are equally, you know, as big of Fate fans as each other. They're huge on Fate. Mm. And they were talking about how both of them grew up watching it and they've always been surrounded by the Fate series. So it was really important for them um, not just in their career, but for them as fans to mm. be able to give back and be a part of something that they've always loved. Aww. And I found it's it was so cute. Gosh, I, I just I tuned in every week for that radio show because their chemistry is great. And that was mm. a lot of fun listening to that radio. Um, and I remember uh, Furukawa-san talking about how when he auditioned, he went in thinking that he had to have the role. Like it, it oh. had to be him or nothing. Like he was determined <gasps> to get the role. Like I remember him talking about that and he was like so passionate about it. And I always find that when you hear about these things from the talents, like how they were fans and now they're also involved in the yes, franchise. Yes. It's just so much more meaningful and it adds mm-hmm. so much more like – substance to you know like why they are there in the first place and it also helps you know like when they're fleshing out the character I feel like it really shows like when they have a passion Mm. for that particular series so I thought that was amazing like he he went into the audition being like it has to be me like it cannot be anybody else but me. And I was like, that's amazing that's, <laughs> to have that kind and of And to actually get it, it too, yeah. Yeah, to get it, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. like, incredible. Yeah. I just did a quick search because you said they're great chemistry. They're actually the same age, that's why. Yeah, 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 they are, yeah. they are. They're actually two days apart. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're actually two days apart. Yeah, I know, I <laughs> it's know. It's so amazing. I like, know. what the hell? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And... <laughs> Like the the radio show was so chaotic at times because oh. of the chemistry they had. It oh, was, <laughs> it was great! It was so great. Like I remember, this is like going slightly off topic, but I remember like one time in one of the episodes, um, Okubo uh, son, she actually asked the question. She's like, "Okay, but if it came down to it, would you choose booty shorts or mini skirts?" <laughs> <laughs> I think they were discussing Astolfo's um, ah, attire. Yeah. Attire. <laughs> and of both course. of them agreed on mini skirts. <laughs> oh. Wait, wait, wait. For them to wear so or to put on Astolfo? To put on, like, just in general for preference of, like, on other people. Okay. Because I was going to say, but, there like, might be an skirts, issue yeah. if Mako comes along and he's wearing a mini skirt. <laughs> I'm sure oh, Rai would love yeah, it though. But yeah, it's so chaotic. I love that. And uh, I hope our podcast can also give you guys a little bit of vibes like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's my goal in life to be that. Uh, okay, sure. All right. As long as it's your goal. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so. I'm pretty sure our podcast is just as crazy. I'll be pretty sure at times. I know. I know, right? I know, right? And, like, you mentioned earlier as well, um, well, because he, he sings. Yeah. Or, yeah, like, we mentioned earlier. Yeah, we mentioned earlier as well that he he sings as well. So he's a professionally trained singer. He He's trained in music. Yeah. Because um, I know Maya and I, we were talking about that earlier, and, and Maya, you were saying, like, He's had a very interesting like career path. Yeah, 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 yeah. To yeah, because like in Japan, um, you normally train to be a voice actor through a specialist, uh, voice acting school, like an acting school essentially, and they're actually um subsidiaries or adjoined directly to a voice talent agency. So, for example, the most one of the biggest ones is probably a Nippon Nareisho Engiki. I lost the name of the school. Something along the lines of that. But it's called Nichinare for short. But that one is actually directly tied to um, your big agencies, which include like your Hanae Natsuki, um, Matsuoka Yoshitsugu, the big names that we all know now. So you normally go to one of those schools, you complete two or three years of training depending on what school you go to, and then audition directly to an agency that's tied with the school you go to. But in Furukawa-san's case, he actually went to, like, if you're in Australia, think like TAFE. Or, like, if you're in um, America or um, Asian countries, it's a it's a, a special college specifically for people who's into music, apparently. So, like, most people who graduate from there, it's very unlikely that they'll get hired or get contracted into a voice talent agency without completing those studies first and then going into a vo- an acting school and then auditioning again for um, an agency. So it's normally, if you go to the, the university or college first, it's usually like a six to eight year process on average before you become a professional voice actor. Um, but in Furukawa-san's case, he went directly from the school to professional voice acting and skipping the acting school, it seems, based on his profile and wiki. So that's a sign of a lot of talent or potential that the voice acting, the voice um, talent agency saw in him when they took him in. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy because, like, he he does, and like you said, potential, he does have a lot of that potential in, in both areas as well because he sings as well as he voice acts and I remember like earlier when we were sort of going through our notes and discussing like my and I um he's well Furukawa-san's actually involved in more um and which is probably why he hasn't been as prominent in the mainstream sort of anime um I guess industry is because he's very very prominent in the I guess video you could call it video games like for video games and also the like idol um (laughs) he's very very prominent in the idol industry for like you know like 2d idols like he's in -hmm. all of the gacha games like he's he's um very prominent in um idol master like side m yeah Obviously, Talk and Rambu was also a mobile game. Like, he's very big in mobile games. He actually loves mobile games. Um, oh, is that why? 
that's probably why. Yeah, he talks yeah. about it because I, I like this goes back to the Fate Apocrypha like radio show and also the Caldea radio show for uh-huh. FGO. But like the Caldea one because you can see them live as well as they're doing the radio show. Yeah. Um, the couple of episodes that Furukawa-san actually did with, um, I think Takahashi Yue. Yeah. You can see him, he's on his mobile phone playing FGO while he's doing the radio show. It's fucking great. (laughs) I mean, I guess it could be pretty brainless once you've played it enough, but sure, concentrate on your job, mate. Yeah, he's he's really big (laughs) in the mobile game, like, idol industry. Like, he's in a lot of things, um, including, like, Show by Rock. Yes. Um... There was a Yumeiro cast as well. He was in that. There's an, uh, he's a part of, so he actually does, I mean, quite a bit more singing. I feel like he does a lot more singing from what I know him for. He does a lot more singing. Um, he's a part of a virtual J-Rock band under Digirock called Rubia Leopard. Yes. And, Maya and I, we were just discussing. He has a fantastic voice. Mm-hmm. Fantastic voice for J-Rock. Mm-hmm. And kind of more grungy, Visual K-esque type songs. But, like, the the music he's actually personally released under his actual name is more kind of, like, jazzy and um, mm. blues vibes. It's very different. He's talented either way, but Ryan I's personal favorites is his more um, husky, deep, Viz-K, J-Rock style music. Like, mm-hmm. there may be a bit of a bias because that's the music that we, that we like, like yes. in the first place. <laughs> but I don't know. Furukawa-san knows how to use his voice for that genre, I think. And I think it's all his, so to do with his personal music tastes, maybe, right? Yeah, so his personal music tastes, um, he's also really into, like, rock in general. Yeah. Like, J-rock and just rock in general. Yeah. I know that because, like, I've seen him posting on Twitter about it before, so... (laughs) God, I sound like an absolute fucking stalker of his Twitter page, but, you know, it pops up on my newsfeed, okay? Don't call me out. Like, it just... Just on a side note, you know how, like, once upon a time we used to call Facebook Stalkerbook? Like, because you could literally stalk someone's life on Facebook? Yeah. We don't do that with Twitter, despite the fact that we primarily more use Twitter now, and you can still stalk someone on Twitter. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) This is not stalking. (laughs) Cut it out. Hey. I'm sorry, Rye. I think you've proven yourself otherwise. <gasps> ah! <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> speaking of which, I mean, he also got a, an award because you said he was, um, yeah, very talented. He is very talented. Like, yes. Yeah, it's not for a main role but we have something called the seiyu awards in japan every year and for 2020 so last year furukawa-san won um the best actor in supporting role award Mm. for the seiyu award so having said that though i'd I'd really like to see him more in main character roles and see how he goes there like an actual the main character but no he's still great as a supporting role as well like main supporting role kind of thing i think he's great at it yeah 
Like, he's definitely got everything he needs to be a main character role. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's... I think he did a couple of, like, anime originals on Netflix as main character roles. Yeah. And the only reason I know is because of Twitter again. (laughs) I saw it and it actually came up on my recommended list in um, Netflix. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, technically speaking, One Punch Man was a main character role. That's true, but I hated that. That is fair. Like, um, I think Shirogane from Kaguya-sama, technically, technically speaking, is considered a main, a main supporting role. role. No, I think he's a supporting oh, role. Supporting I think Kaguya-sama role. Oh, yeah, because Kaguya-sama is the main character. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I think it also depends on where you rule the line of where he's mm. a main character as well. But he could be more of the main character, I reckon. Yeah, I, I agree. I have to agree with that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I hope someone gives him a try because I think he's pretty talented. Yeah. Yeah, what else? Um out of curiosity, right, actually. No, this one's a pure oh. curiosity. I'm gonna go off the notes. How oh, okay. many drama CDs do you own? Oh shit. Off the car, son. Oh no, don't ask this question. <laughs> I, sh- I should have asked you when we were making the notes so you could tell me. Like I know you have a lot, but how um, many actually do you Give me two have? seconds. Okay. So <clears throat> He he has a very, very extensive list. Um, okay. And I want to say I own about, like, 95% of that list because... <laughs> okay, don't laugh at me. That's... <laughs> okay, I'll try not to. That is purely because I have not actually listened to anything he's recorded this year. Ah. Uh, sorry, not this year. In 2020. Yeah, yeah, that's purely because I had, because um, 2020 was a slow year for uh, drama CD releases because of obviously the pandemic. Yeah, it was um, a slow year for voice actors in general. Yeah, yeah, it was a very slow year for the industry in general. So I didn't really, um, I think it was towards the end of the year where most things actually yeah. started like pumping out, but I didn't really listen to anything last year. But pretty much, I want to say, like, anything before that, I own most of those CDs. Like, if I could find it on mm. either Animate or Stellarworth, I would have probably bought it. Yeah. Okay, fair, 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 I fair. am dedicated. <laughs> Very dedicated. It's good to have fans like that, though, too, though. So I'm pretty sure he appreciates it, right? <sighs> It's bad because it started with like one CD and then it just gradually got worse. And then I have a whole <laughs> box of them now. So, because like I remember when I was packing to move, I had to yeah. pack all these CDs into a box. Oh. And I was like, when did I collect? So it was just like two massive stacks of these CDs. Like, and you know how thin CDs are? Yeah. It was like a big old stack like this, like two of them. Uh, yeah, so Rai's showing me on camera, by the way, if you can't tell. That's why she's <laughs> yeah. saying like this, because I can like see this? her. Yeah, sorry. Um, but like, if you guys want to visualize it, it's it's maybe about like a 50 centimeter stack. Yeah. In height. Like yeah, in height. Two of those. 
So it's it's anywhere between like 40 to 50 CDs at this point, I think. Have you heard all of them too? Like every yeah, single I one have. of them? I've, oh my I've God. listened to every single one of them. Yep. That's dedication, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hats off to you. Wow. Yeah. I think for most of them as well, majority I have also listened to the animate like talk 10 the specials um like the bonus cds and same with the stellar worth ones i've listened to most of those as well okay okay yeah yeah like i know you said you came to the signings when hudakalasa came to madman anime festival in 2016 but like I think I recall you saying you weren't into him as much as you are now then. Yes. 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 So, like, if he came again, what would you ask him to sign? I wouldn't ask him to sign a CD because obviously with... Yeah, no, because with... um, I I want to be respectable. (laughs) (laughs) Because with a lot of the drama CDs, like many of the voice acting talents use pseudonyms. Yeah. So I probably wouldn't get him to sign it. I, I would I would honestly get him to sign something Achilles of mine, like if anything. Like if oh, I Oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um or probably I'll I would get him to sign my fate material books. I think that's more important for me. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that would be mm. good. Cause what, um Apoc came out in two thousand seventeen, so it was actually the next year after he came to Melbourne that... Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Because um, when I went to the signing, we actually had a conversation. Oh. Yeah. It was like a five-minute conversation because they were trying to usher everybody, like, past... Was I there? Um, I don't know if you were there. I don't think you were there. I can't remember. Okay. I don't think there was a translator there because I was, like, really struggling to communicate with him, obviously, in my broken, like, horrible Japanese. Um... But because I was, uh, I cosplayed as Medusa. So it was my first rendition of my Medusa cosplay from Face uh, Day okay. Night. And um, because at that point in time for Mad Mad, you couldn't actually bring any of your own items. Yes. Well, I mean, I knew some, some of the talent won't sign certain items, um, but they were signing the posters for One Punch Man, uh, both um, yeah. Shingo Natsume and um, Furukawa. Yeah. And um, he looked up and he was like, oh, Medusa. And I was like, I was losing oh. my mind because like he spoke to me first and I was losing my mind. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I had FGO open on my phone <laughs> at the time because I was playing FGO and then I suddenly got ushered into the signing line. Yeah. Um, and... um. I think he, he said in in like really broken English, he's like, oh, FGO. And I was like, yeah, do you like FGO? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, I love fate. And I like, we had this tiny ass little conversation. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And then thinking back on it, um, it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy because like literally the year after, it would have been like a couple months after because it was at the beginning of the year, Achilles was released. So he would have already been recording or like, you know, doing lines yeah. for Achilles and knew about yeah, it yeah. way in advance. And here was I, like here I was like still screaming about Achilles, <laughs> like not knowing that I was speaking. To Achilles himself. <laughs> to Achilles himself. 
<laughs> yeah, I just had a look at the guest list. I remember that year, the first year in Madman Anime Festival, um, I wasn't assigned to any of the signings. I was oh, only interpreting for the main stage. Yeah, and taking them around yeah. and like stuff like that. So um, I wasn't there at any of the signings. That's why I didn't get to see you. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was a memorable... Like the two times, two most memorable moments in signings mm. that I have had have been in my Medusa cosplay. Yeah. There is just something about my Medusa cosplay. True. Like this is so off topic, but like... Every time I've gone to a signing in my Medusa cosplay, something amazing has happened. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. I think it's also not many people can pull her off because of the way her costume is and you pull her off. I don't know. Like, because last time I did it, um, it was for Asakawa-san, who yes. I absolutely adore. I, I basically handed her my book and she grabbed my hands and I was like not yep. expecting it. I was like, oh my God. So this is the voice of Ryder as well. Yeah, Medusa. This is, yeah. yeah, this is the voice of Ryder Medusa and I just lost my mind. Like I absolutely lost it. It was great. She gets so excited. She gets so excited. Yeah. Um, going away from fate again and back to Budokasa. <laughs> oh God, we always get up back on fate. See how it is? We yeah. just... Oh. Because so I think we were talking about, like, after a POC happened, uh, Rai and I were just going batshit insane and going, why isn't Furukawa-san coming this year? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, we still had some amazing guests, but we it would have been great to see him again, quite honestly. Yeah, like, that was the first year we actually had the Fate stage as well, so the mm. year after, in 2017. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's an interesting first year, I gotta say. Yeah, that year I just didn't do any of the signings. I didn't get to see any of you all react to or to Fangirl to all of I know, your right? faves that year, that first yeah. year. Yeah. It's okay. Oh well. <laughs> We've had plenty of good years afterwards. <laughs> we did, we did, we did. Yes. Like when Asakawa san grabbed you. <laughs> I oh, saw God, that. Yeah. <laughs> It was very sudden, I have to admit. It was very It was sudden. sudden. I was so shocked. I was like, I didn't know how to react. Like, she grabbed me and kind of, like, yanked me forward. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to fall on top of her, like, at this point. <laughs> oh, I know we're going off topic again. But you know what was really funny? She was eyeing you from in the line. You were, like, five, four, five people away. And she's mm. like, I see a Medusa. I see a Medusa. I was trying, I okay, but on the other side from my, this is so off topic, guys. Yeah. We're probably going to have to cut this out. But like for that entire time I was queuing up, I was trying so hard not to just like continuously look and stare in her direction because I was so excited. I was just yeah. like trying to be like a bit more like aloof and, um, you know, like, oh, yeah, she's over there. Like, <laughs> but in reality, I was like, she's over there. Like. And if Rai's like this with Asakawa-san, like the voice of her waifu, could you imagine what Rai's going to be like lining up for Furukawa-san now? now Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Rai loves him more. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, uh, well, you know, hopefully we get that lucky. Hopefully we get that lucky. Again, one of my favourite moments at conventions is watching my friends get to meet their favourites. Like, it's Same. so fun. <laughs> Same, same. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Only we also tell each other not to look at ourselves. 
our, mm-hmm. like we like seeing our friends react to it, not ourselves react uh-huh. to it. <laughs> uh-huh. I feel that. I feel that. Boy, do I feel that. Oh my god. Like having said that though, like we talked about conventions. Like, is there anything else you want to see Furukawa-san in in the future? Like, not not just guest appearances, obviously, but like in okay, roles just, or the just... type of things he does. Put him in more Viz K J Rock roles. Yes! It. To... it just like we were talking about before, he's just got such a perfect, like, husky tone uh-huh. for that type of like song. And like uh-huh. music genre, it just man, people are missing out. Like yeah. the world is missing out if they haven't heard Michael sing any J Rock songs before. Yeah, and he can really hold a note. Like he's he got good lungs. Like yeah, like very very steady like voice as well. So I would like to see a lot more of that. Like, I know you yeah. wrote that down as well, Mai. Like, I totally did. Like, uh, Rai was actually showing me a couple of links before when we were, you know, prepping for the, the podcast. But, like, she was showing me a couple of links of the Vizke stuff that Furukawa-san had recorded. And I was digging it so much. He sounds so good. Like, I knew he would sound good, but when you actually hear it, it's just, like, another whole world out there. Just... It's lovely in your ears. It his is voice ringing really, out. yeah. His voice—it's like very clear, like very yeah. just, yeah. It's good voice. He has <laughs> a J Rock style singing style too. That's he why does. it suits him so he much. He does, yeah. And like, I reckon we can probably link it in our um, Twitter post. Yeah, oh, yeah, good post. point. Yeah, so don't forget to follow us at uh, MMI Madness on Twitter if you want to listen to these amazing songs as well. Will um, do. I also wrote down like this is just my personal preference, but like more serious role types, you know, like maybe like yakuza slash mafia bosses or like something more serious, leaning towards his role in Shokoku no Alter um, Zagonos, where he's like a um, a figure in you know politics like i think i think it's very interesting when he does those types of roles i appreciate it yeah because it's different i'd like to see that as well like i want to see more of his talents being pulled out in areas i believe he has not fully explored Mm. yeah i agree i agree yeah because i think you were talking about villain roles as well that are a little bit like that like yeah, villain roles. It's it kind of is the same for a lot of voice actors who don't often do villain roles, but when you hear them in a villain role, you're like, "Oh, damn." Like, uh-huh. "Damn." Like, I didn't know they had that in them. Like, it's kind of one of those reactions and I I would I would really really like for him to be in a villain role. Like, I think he's Again, it, it's it's very much like what Mai said, that it's just another avenue of his talent and potential that he hasn't really tapped into in mainstream yeah. media. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon he'd do it really well with that with that deep husky voice that he's got. Heck yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> oh man, it's just <laughs> My actually didn't know, by the way, guys, a lot about uh, Furukawa-san, like, no. a few years back, before, like, 
I basically dragged her into yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I literally researched him for Madman Anime Festival and kept an eye out on all the credits that I knew he was in. But it was probably, like, a few years after he'd come to Melbourne that Rai started sharing links with me about Furukawa-san and also retweeting all over her Twitter feed, yes. which is where I started to notice Furukawa-san more. And now it's just like Furukawa-san everything. Just just check him out anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, highly recommend, guys. We can't talk enough about him. Yeah, but I do believe that, unfortunately, it is all the time we have for today. So thank you, Rai. I hope you enjoyed um, talking about Furukawa-san. <laughs> It's alright guys, we'll get my back in the future when we do an Okiyayu episode. Oh no, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> don't call me out. Oh my god. Um, yes, yeah, so thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Match Made of Madness. Um, so for the next episode, we'll be opening a can of worms. We'll be discussing questionable fandoms and communities that ward off fans. Again, it's about the fandoms that put people off, regardless of whether they like this series or not. So we're not bagging out any um, series this time. We're just uh, talking about the people related, the communities related to the fandoms. Um, so a special thank you to our friends Masaki Sato from Sound Labs for our music and Miyukiko for our wonderful podcast cover and Twitter art. I have I actually put more Twitter art from yes news so keep an eye so on cute. those um if you do enjoy their works please don't forget to check out masaki at www.sound-laps.com and mew on twitter via at mewkiko so guys if you enjoyed today's episode as well please don't forget to check us out on twitter at mmi madness where you can follow us for news about the upcoming episodes because we talked about uh, Furukawa-san's music, we'll probably post a couple of links there so you guys can check that out too. Also, feel free to tag us using the hashtag MMIMadness and hashtag MatchMadeInMadness as we'd also love to hear any feedback or experiences from you guys too. Uh, to follow us each individually, you can check out myself, Rai, on Twitter and Instagram at KNRaiKos. And also you can find my on Twitter and Instagram at WordsTWorlds. Thank you all so, so much again for listening and sharing your time with us. I hope you didn't find us too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so stay safe and we will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye, Bye guys! guys.